Well, good morning, everybody. We're so glad to see you. Um, if you're a guest with us today, thank you so very much for being with us in our second gathering. It's still summertime, but we are so glad when everybody starts to come back, all the chickens come back to roost after the summertime is over. So if you're a chicken, uh, we're glad you're back. If you're a rooster, we're, we're glad you're back as well. If you're some other creature, welcome, welcome. <laughs> the point is, everybody's welcome, all right? That's where I was going for. We're so glad you're here. Uh, a couple things before I dive off into the message today. Um, after this service, um, for those of you who are interested in leading a life group, even if you're not ready to commit to it, but you're just interested in that, you want to know more about that, we'll be doing a training right over here in this building uh, just to my left. You walk out this door, you can walk out the back, and, and anybody from our dream team will be happy to lead you over there. Um, and we're going to do just a, a short uh, teaching, uh, training uh, workshop, last less than an hour, like 50 minutes, and uh, we'd love to train you that. We'll be doing that this week and then next week. And then those of you who are interested in a life group for the fall semester, you can start signing up for those next Sunday right after all of our gatherings. You can sign up for those, and you can also do it online starting next Sunday. That'll all be posted and uh, ready to go for you. And we want you to join a life group. We, we believe that, that life change happens best in circles, not rows. We love rows. You're in a row right now. We're glad you are. Um, but at the end of the day, we know that the best stuff happens in circles. The, the other thing I want to tell you is that if you're part of our dream team, and this is, all, this is what we call our volunteer force around here at LifePoint, from our parking lot team to our impressions teams to the folks who make coffee to our production to the band to the kids ministry to the prayer team to the student team and all the other teams that, that make things happen here we love you, and we want to celebrate you this Saturday, right after prayer, 10 o'clock. Um, we're having a Dream Team rally. Um, there'll be some light breakfast items there, uh, but then we're going to have a killer lunch brought in as well, and you don't want to miss that. And we're going to have two uh, guest speakers with us that are going to just be pouring into us, but it's going to be also a lot, a lot of fun. And again, this is going to prep us and get us ready for the fall season, and we would love it if you'd join us. We'll have a gift for everybody that comes, and we can't wait to, uh, to see you there. So join us next Saturday, this coming Saturday. Uh, at 10, and uh, we're going we're gonna to celebrate you big time. So we have been in a series on worship called uh, Made for This, and um, the idea is that one of the, one of the, the focuses of our life as, as believers is that we were made to give honor and worship uh, uh, to God. And uh, we've been saying over, over, over the last couple of weeks that you're going to worship something. Everybody does. Everybody on the planet, whether they're religious or irreligious. Because when you decide that worship is whatever you give highest value to, that, uh, everybody does that. And that's what we've been saying. And so it, it, during the this, 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 this sermon series, we've used as a key verse um, a, a, a passage, I think a core teaching uh, from the scriptures on worship. It's found... In Hebrews chapter 13, if you want to turn there in your Bibles, you can. Um, if you want to follow along in our LifePoint notes, we had those at, at the entrance when you come in. Um, and, and also, you can just kind of follow along on the screen. But the writer, the writer starts off by saying, through Jesus. And, and what we've been saying is that that's the whole theology of worship right there in a nutshell. And, and that's what our message is today, by the way. That authentic worship has to do first and foremost with with, with Jesus. It's not coming in and just singing some great songs, which they did, and they did a fantastic job, but it's also about having a, a relationship with Jesus. Uh, because, of, because of him, we are forgiven of our sins, and, and we are birthed into a new spiritual life, all because of Jesus. So he says, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. And this is what we've been saying, that worship is more than a one hour and five minute 
or when I'm long, one hour and 10 minutes, come on somebody, you know what I'm saying? A slot on Sunday, right? It's a continual thing and that's the challenge for us. That's what we've been saying. That's the challenge. It's more than a song. It's more than just a service. That, it, that it's, a, it's a lifestyle. And he says it's the fruit of the lips that confess his name. That's the songs we sing. That's the words we say. But then it's got a second part. And he says, and do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, um, God is pleased. In, in other words, God wants it both ways. He, he wants us to come in here worshiping him, but he also wants us to worship him outside of church by remembering to do good, by remembering to reflect God in such a way that it brings honor to his name. That's the big picture of worship. And so I've given you a definition the last two weeks, and I told you I was going to give you another one this last uh, week of the series. I, I want to give you another definition for, for worship, and I didn't invent this one. Uh, a guy named Louis Giglio did, and, and it's a long one, so I want you to pay attention with me, and then I'm going to have you say it with me, all right? Here we go. Worship is dot, 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 right? Our response, both personal and corporate to God for who he is and for exclamation point, by the way, I don't want to miss that. And for what he's done, exclamation point, expressed in and by the things we say and the way we live. Ready to say it with me now? Here we go. Ready? Just like we did it. Worship is dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Our response, both personal and corporate to God for who he is, exclamation point, and for what he's done, exclamation point. You guys are awesome. Expressed in and by the things we say and the way we live, period. Yeah, I forgot it the first time, but you guys are smarter than me. See, <laughs> this crowd, this, this middle service, man, you guys, are, you guys are awesome. I'm not going to lie, all right? So what, what I want to do today as we wrap up this worship teaching is to break down this definition kind of thought by thought. And I know that's a little different than probably things we normally do around here. But I want to start with the first two words. Worship is. Can you say it with me? Worship is. Worship is, in this context, it's a verb, right? I think that it's important for me to bring that up because I think that in the context of our culture, especially church culture, and I would say even more especially here, we think that worship oftentimes is something that you come and watch, right? We walk in the building, before long, there's some music starts going on. People inexplicably start clapping in the dark, and then people come on the stage, and then lights come up, and then musicians start to play, and singers start to sing, and audience watches, and then a few things happen. The lights go back down, and then people go home, and they go eat a steak or whatever goodness is waiting on you. I'm hoping that mine has carne asada in it and some big red. I don't know what's going to happen, but that could happen. If there's a God, that will happen, you know what I'm saying? Now I've kind of pigeonholed us into having carne guisada today. Um, anyways, and, and what happens after all of it is, you know, maybe we clapped a couple times because the dude said to clap or the girl said to clap. And, you know, maybe, maybe we, we uh, you know, lifted our hands or sang a song. But, but here's the thing. Worship is not something that you watch. Worship is something you do. You know how I know this? Um, if you read your Bible, particularly the Psalms, the Psalms are, if you're not familiar with the text, it's, it's, it's a collection of, of poetry and songs and pieces of, of music that were written for corporate worship and were also written just guys and, and just expressing their hearts. Um, many of them written by the psalmist David, King David. And you, you read in them and, they, and they're filled with these very active 
worship words like sing unto the Lord, um, serve the Lord with gladness, clap your hands, all you people, shout unto God with the voice of triumph, lift up your hands in the sanctuary. All of these very sort of motion words, these active words. So, so some people might come in to a church like ours and go, man, what's the deal with people clapping and some dude's lifting his hand over there and why are they saying these certain phrases? And the, the reason we're doing this is because it's, number one, it's biblical. Number two, it honors God. And, it, and, and these, these are things that are, find their origins in the Psalms, among other places in the Bible text. Now, um, th- these words the psalmists use are all active words, action words, so that, and this is the heart, so that when this incredibly awesome God, when, it, when he takes hold of our hearts, then, then our hearts, man, they, they, they burst into song, they come, they come to life, and on some level, we, we all get into motion. And, and it's funny, because we do this in other areas of life, when something that we're passionate about that takes hold of our hearts, our imaginations, Man, we'll, we'll, we'll go into action like, I'm a Spurs fan, and I'm proud of that, and I'm a beleaguered Cowboys fan, meaning that people mock me now for being a Cowboys fan, and I'm beleaguered because there's no good reason to believe in them at all, um, it's an, other than that it's a new year, and maybe magic will happen, you know, um, but, but whatever, you know, God, God loves them, and I pray for them, but apparently my prayers aren't very potent at this point, because uh, they're, they're not good, um, they're not good. And, but, but when, when I'm watching them on television or I have the rare opportunity to attend an actual game, man, I'm an active fan. Now, I'm not crazy. I don't paint myself, right? I don't take my shirt off and you can all say, thank you, God, for that. I, I'll, I'll, I'll thank God with you for that too. Um, but but, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm not crazy, but I am active, right? I clap when good stuff is going down. I cheer, I, I will rate, my, my kids will come into the room sometimes and go, what are, why, why did you just yell? Something, something awesome just happened, you know? They, they caught a touchdown, it's a rare thing, right? Come on. I, I raise my voice. Like sometimes um, I even jump up and down and, and occasionally I will turn and slap high fives in restaurants or you know wherever, like with total strangers. Come on, have you ever done this? Like, yeah, come on, somebody, bring it in. And you're like, Oh, yeah, I don't know you, um, right? Anybody do this? Anybody besides me do this? Yeah, I know a couple of you do. Three of you are fans. The rest of you, you hate everything apparently, right? Like, it's, just, it's just, we don't, and nobody finds it strange when we do this because we all understand that we share a passion and a love and, 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 and a joy for the, the same things and our passion produces an action in us. Um, we, we do this at concerts. We do this, like some of you do this at your kids' play. Like when the, the play's over, they're like, yes, bravo. It wasn't even very good. But you're like, yeah, come on, man, right? We do this. Kids, you're awesome. You do great. Everything you do is amazing. So here's the thing. When, when in our lives, when we become infected by things of high priority and, and value, we become active about it. When something takes hold of our imagination, we, we start to move, man. We'll spend money on it. We'll spend our time. We'll start talking about it at the, at the water break with our, with our coworkers. We'll, we'll rearrange our schedules around this thing. We'll move into action for the sake of those things that take high value in our lives. That's just right, isn't it? We'll, we'll, we all do this. 
And, 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 and I want you to know that worship is something that we do like that, so that when the greatness of God infects our soul, man, it moves us into action and I start to rearrange my life around him and I'm, I'm going to cut this out because I don't think it's what he wants for my life and I'm going to add this and stuff starts happening and I become more loving and I become more generous and, and I care about the things that God cares about and now I'm active in my worship. Worship is a verb. The next phrase after worship is, is our response. Worship is our response. And like, if you want to shorten the whole deal, that's it. Worship is our response. God moves, we respond. God reveals, we, we respond. I, I want you to think about it like this. Those of you who are followers of Jesus, before you were a follower of Jesus, right before, something started happening in your life, something started changing, something started making you feel like, man, there's something missing, there's something better, there's something bigger, and, and, and that's when, that, that was God who was stirring that up inside of you, and, and then as God was beginning to reveal himself to you, you responded to the preaching or the teaching or the move of God, and, and you gave your heart and your life to Jesus. That's how it always works. God moves and we respond. God shows us something about himself, and, and we respond. And so the Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, who had this life-changing experience on the road to Damascus that, that God came in view, and at first it, was, it blinded him, but eventually his eyes were open, and he began to, to get Jesus in view. And, and so he's writing to the church in Rome. And, and in Romans 11, Here's what it's saying, and I'm going to read this to you as I see it um, uh, in here, and I want you to feel this, because Paul is writing, and you can feel the energy building up throughout Romans 11, and verse 33, he says, oh, there's a comma there, like, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, exclamation point. Like, he, he's overwhelmed by this, and, and he says, how unsearchable his judgments and, and his paths beyond tracing out. Like He's so huge and he's so vast and he's so amazing that you can't even begin to figure out how he's going. And then he says, and who has known the mind of the Lord? Or, or who has been his counselor? Like He doesn't have a meeting to decide what's going to go down. Like He just does whatever he wants to do. And, and verse 35, and who has ever given to God that God should owe him something, that God should repay him? And then this verse, for from him and through him and to him are what? All things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. And then Paul keeps going. Chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, therefore, in what I just in, in light of what I just told you, therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of the canvas of love, the canvas of mercy, in view of, of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Like he's not asking you to pay the price that he paid, but he wants a living sacrifice, holy or set apart or other than the rest of the culture, the rest of the world, holy and pleasing to God. And this is your spiritual act of worship. Or other, other translations says, say, this is your only reasonable response. In view of God's mercy, in view 
of the fact that his, the depth of the riches of his wisdom and the knowledge of God and how unsearchable his judgments, that from, from him, that everything that exists that is good in this world, that it, it emanated from him and, and it comes through him and it's to him are all things. In view of that, respond. Respond with worship. This is your reasonable response. Now, he doesn't say in view of what God's done to you, now what? Um, Notice he doesn't say offer a song or come on, everybody, let's give a hand praise. You don't have to do it, right? I'm just saying. He doesn't say that. He he says offer your bodies as as living sacrifice. In other words, give give him your best. Give him your, your all. Why? Because this is your spiritual act of worship. This is the only reasonable response to what it is that God's done for you in view of God's mercy, bring it all because God made a massive downward move on your behalf and on my behalf by sending Jesus to come and and die for my sins. In view of that, respond. In in view of God's mercy, then I can't just bring a little song. I I can't just, in view of God's ultimate sacrifice, I can't just maybe offer a little hand clap, right? A little golf clap, right? You can't just show up to church like once or twice a month and say, hey, are we even now, right? Come on, somebody, you know what I'm saying? I thought that's funny, but that's just me. Like, but, but, but for me, in view of the mercies of God, like, like, like for me, I don't know about you, but I had nothing but judgment and death coming my way. But, but because of the mercy of God, I've got everlasting life and I've got grace and I've got mercy and I've got help in the times of trouble. So if that's who you are, God, and if that's what you've done for me, then my response is pretty clear. All of me, God, for all that you've done for me, it's my only reasonable response. I, I don't know if you've ever been someplace, maybe on vacation, on a trip, that's just so beautiful, so spectacular and you get home, you're just in awe of it. You take pictures and you Instagram everything. Matter of fact, you don't even look at it with your eyes anymore. You look at it through the lenses of your phone. And you know what I'm saying? Every beautiful place I've ever been, nobody's actually looking at it. They're all going, wow, wow, this is unreal. Look at that. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, that's the whole problem I have with the thing. But anyways, and then you get home and with your pictures or with your words, you're like, man, I remember my wife and I traveled to Hawaii. We've been twice. And the first time we went, um, we went, we came home and I was trying to tell my dad about it. He hadn't been there yet. And uh, he's been multiple times since, but he hadn't been there yet. And, and we were like, dad, bro, the waterfalls are just unbelievable. Like there's so many waterfalls, like in Maui that after a while you're like, oh, check it out. Another 200 foot waterfall. That's really interesting. You know, like, like here in San Antonio, like we were blown away by like a foot one, like a foot tall that it's only seasonal. It's like, check it out, bro, a waterfall. Like, and like it's stirring up like cups and big red, you know, garbage. But we're like, dude, awesome. South Texas, right? We're, like, it's, you're welcome. You know what I'm saying? It's muddy. It's brackish. You know what I'm saying? It's got oil in it, but it's a waterfall. Like, and that's the only, if that's the only waterfall you ever see, you're like, yeah, I just don't get it, man. I don't, I don't see what's awesome. But it's like you, you want to go, man, you had to be there. You had to see it with your, with, with your own eyes. So, so, so when Paul writes this in, in view of God's mercy, he's assuming that at some point in your life, you're going to really get it. And when you do, your only response is, wow. 
Wow. And, and, and I find it amazing. Like, like if, 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 if there, there, there are people, none of you, because all of you are amazing in every way, but there, there are people who, who come to church and they negotiate with themselves like, I don't know if I want to do the thing today. I don't know if I want to sing a song or like, I don't think I want to clap or like, I don't, I don't do, what, what are these idiots doing anyway? Like, I, like, I, I want to say to you, like if you're a guest and you, or you're just checking out faith, dude, man, that, we, right on. To any, just be here. We're just glad you're here. But to folks who've been do, been doing this deal for a while, and you're like, eh, I don't know about any of that. I'm just, I just want to say, have you really seen the waterfall? Have you really seen the cross of Christ? Do you really know what was done there on your behalf? That every drop of His blood is like a waterfall of grace and mercy and forgiveness poured out for you and for me and my prayer for you, for those of us who who still don't see it, who don't get it, that's my job to help you understand the depths, as Paul wrote in Ephesians, of his grace and his mercy and the breadth and the height and the depth of the love of God. That's my job, but your job is to say, God, and this is your job today maybe, God, would you help me know? Would you help me see Would you help me see the vastness of your love for me? Would you help me understand what you did for me on the cross? Would you you ask him to help you to realize what it meant for Jesus to come down and to take your place on the cross? And, And the first time, I believe the first time, you really see what was done on your behalf, what was done that you could never do on your own through any effort of good works. When you, when you realize that, that you have total freedom from your sins, total forgiveness, both past and present and future from any sin you'll ever commit, you're going to have to say, wow, wow, what a God. When you leave this place, some of you just need to pray that prayer. God, I think I'll probably be offering you tiny worship. But God, would you help me see what you've done on my behalf? so that I respond appropriately to what it is that you've done on my, my behalf. Worship is our response. The, the next line is, is that it's, worship is our response and it's both personal and corporate. I think we understand the corporate part of this. We're all gathered here. A lot of us come every week. Some of us come once or twice a year and we love you. We're glad you're here. Um, we gather here on Sundays. The reason this is important for me to distinct, distinguish between these two things is that Worship is not just this hour plus a week that we spend together. Worship isn't just something that you show up to like a ball game or a concert. Worship is something that you, that you literally enter into with all of your might. The, the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. He, he said, um, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. Meaning, I don't come to church to worship. I come entering into church worshiping. You see what I'm saying? That, that, that I enter into it with all of my might, might and it's, it becomes this very personal thing. It's, it's other than just a corporate gathering once a week with everybody else. Worship is a personal thing where you begin to express to God your worship from your heart. Look, I, I, I want to do a little test here. Um, I have these cards here, uh, up here, that I want to just show you. One of these um, is the kind of card that you... I'm going to show it because like this, because I don't want anybody to get offended because somebody, one of you gave this to me. Um, uh, but one of these cards 
Um, this is kind of a corporate card. It's a good card. It, it means a lot to me. I've kept it actually because um, it was written to me a couple of years ago where, where a friend of mine said, man, we're praying for you during a season of life that I was going through. And so I really, really appreciate it and value this card. But this card, there was probably, I don't know, 50,000 of these made and it was awesome. But what matters is the part that we write in it. And, and, and like, I'll, I'll, I have a problem that I'll save a card even if it just has somebody's name in it. I'm like, babe, I can't throw that away. They, they took the time to sign that, you know? It's powerful. You know what I'm saying? But, but here, here I have... Um, a couple of other cards. These are the cards that my daughters gave me um, for Father's Day. And, and this one was written by my eldest daughter. And I think she wrote this by faith, like all these tools. I hope dad will become the kind of dad that will understand tools someday. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, but, but she wrote this, um, this, this amazing thing to me. It was so, so long that she had to actually add paper to it. And, but, but I love it. Dear Dad, I think today, I'm not going to re- read it all. I think today should be renamed Dad of the Liars, or Day of the Liars, because on this day, everybody says that they have the best dad in the world, but none of them could be right because uh, you aren't their dads. Come on, that's good stuff right there, y'all. It's good stuff. And she goes on and just pours her heart out about how she feels about me as her dad. And then I have this other card from my, my youngest daughter, and she wrote for me, this is a Happy Father's Day card too, and I keep these on my desk. Um, and, and she drew a picture of me right here. Um, I look just like um, the dude from the office, um, Dwight. Uh, thank, I look just like Dwight here um, without ears, but I, I love it. And she, she put me in um, the I Heart SA shirt that we all gave out because that's her favorite shirt. And she says that I look beautiful when I wear that shirt. Um, I clearly have to get her some better glasses, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And I don't want to read this because it's personal, but let me ask you something. Of, of, of these two categories of cards, which one do you think matters the most to me? Right? The handmade ones, am I right? Parents, some of you have handmade cards from when your kids were little. Some of you have little kids. There's something about this. You know why? This, this one, I, I appreciate the sentiment and I appreciate what was written in there but I know that this was made by a corporation in mass, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It was, it was, it's, it's awesome. I'm gonna turn it upside down so that the person doesn't get offended. Like, what are you making fun of my card? Like, some of you are like, I'm never gonna send that dude a card again, man. <laughs> Come on, man, I love it. I, I kept it. See, I, I didn't throw it away. That was on my desk, too. I mean, it was stuffed, but I mean, it was in there. These were personal. Nobody else wrote these. This, they have misspellings and incorrect pronunciations, and, but I'm, I'm going to treasure these all my life because, and, and this isn't worship to me, but worship is, it's personal. You see, it's not just corporate. There's a heart to it. And the way that may look like for you is that we sang some amazing songs up here a little while ago, and I, and I appreciate you singing with us, I and mean, we do that to honor God, but somebody else wrote those songs. We're singing them but we borrowed them from somebody else. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with that. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Come on, somebody, you know what I'm saying? Is that a good thing? I, oh, did I say that out loud? I mean, like here's what I always tell people. I'd rather be effective than original every day of the week, but sometimes original has more heart to it. And maybe, maybe for you, this is the way it's kind of worked out for me recently. 
I've been focusing in on the fact that God is merciful in my life. Not, not because I'm sinning and doing bad things, just because I know me, man. I know what I struggle with. I know, I know that, that, that I don't get it right every time. And, I, and I've been focusing on the mercy of God, and I've been focusing on the patience of God. Like, God, thank you that you are so patient and you are so kind and you are so gracious and you are so merciful. And to the extent that I, I got a journal out and I have a lot of journals and most of them are 99% empty. Come on, somebody, you know what I'm saying? Because I like the idea of journaling. And I like, I, like, I like a good journal, like a leather journal. And I'm like, man, this feels so good. But most of my journal entries start off with, Danny, it's been six months since your last journal entry. You are such a failure. But God, I really love you, and you are merciful, and you are patient, and you are kind, and I've been doing this, and, and I, I'm so thankful that you are my father, and, and I am your beloved son, and I just remind myself, I'm your son. And, and I think that when I do this, when I, when I take the time to write this stuff down, and I, and I focus in on that, that, that that becomes my personal worship. But these, these are my words. These are true of me, God. This is how I'm expressing myself to you. And, and I could argue that the kind of worship that God would be most into, um, not, not, not that he doesn't derive an incredible amount of pleasure from our corporate worship, because he does. When the six or 700 of us that come here and gather on, on the weekends, when we worship, there's something powerful that nothing can replace that. But there's something else as well that we go home during the week and maybe we write it down and maybe we sing a song that nobody else will hear. And that may be a good thing that nobody else hears it, but God, but God loves it. And, and maybe you write something down and maybe you're driving to work and you're singing the little homemade song. And you're like, I don't, I don't write songs. I don't have that in me. Yeah, you did. You did when you were three. You did when you were four, didn't you? We all, you, 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 those of you who have kids, your kids make songs up all the time. They're singing them around the house. My eldest brother sings songs about people who are not even in the room. Like he'll sing songs about his, his stepdaughter and like, Madison eats glue. Like he says that and we're like, why are she, does she really eat glue? No, I just like to sing that. You know, different strokes, you know what I'm saying? He's so mad right now that I said that out loud. But anyways, it's in us. And that's the kind of worship that I think God finds most pleasure in, just in the same way that as a dad, I find most pleasure in the things that my daughters hand wrote and hand designed for me. Worship is both personal and corporate. Worship next is our response, both personal and corporate, to God. Can we say this together now? Worship is our response, both personal and corporate, to God. In other words, he is the audience. He's the target of our worship. I know that we're sitting in chairs and rows and people came out on the stage and I come out on the stage and it feels like you're the audience. Um, but no, that's not the case at all. He's the audience. When we sing our songs, these bands are not performers to, to create a nice experience for you guys. They are singing to an audience of one, and we say that often that we sing and we, we do our worship to an, an audience of one. And, and I have to ask you this question. In light of the fact that he's the audience, in light of the fact that he's the target, did your worship personally, did it, did it register in the heart of God? I think it's a fair question. And I want to demonstrate it in a different way. Every now and then, I like to go and, and I like to target practice. 
I'm not very good. You can see this one has no holes in it other than the one that the company put in there. Um, I'd like to believe that I did that, but I did not do that. Um, but, but the thing about it is, is the object is the bullseye. That, that's the more shots I hit into the bullseye, the better of a shot I am, right? The, the better I'm getting at this. And, 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 and I'd like to think that the, the words that I sing and the words that I say are kind of like arrows that I'm aiming at the heart of God and I'm singing these songs and I'm, and I'm praying these are true of my heart and God, I want you to feel honored and I want you to feel magnified and I want you to feel blessed by what I sing. I want, I want to hit the heart of God with my worship. But, but like anything, when, when I'm done with my, my, my round, I bring the, the, the target back and, and I have to evaluate how it is that I'm doing. And, and a lot of times I'll be like, I shot nine times, there's only four holes on here. I must have shot through that one spot four separate times perfectly. <laughs> right? Clearly that's not what happened. I, I don't hunt much. I haven't hunted like in years, actually. I like to fish, but I'm not much of a hunter. Uh, but I have, a, I have a rifle, and I remember trying to go hunting about, I don't know, it was about eight or ten years ago, and I hadn't used the gun in a long time, and I took it out there, and the guy's like, hey, we're going to target practice, because he was like a real hunter. I want to make sure that you know what you're doing. And I couldn't even hit the target, like from 100 yards, and he's like, bro, what's wrong with your gun? Give me that gun. And he couldn't hit it either, and he's like, let's take a look at this. And he goes, dude, the scope. Have you no pride, man? Like, like he was like defacing me, like, what have you done to this thing? I was like, well, it's, I've neglected it. I've thrown it around a little bit in the closet from move to move, and it's just got a lot of dust on it. And, 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 and the point is, he's like, you're never going to hit anything with this. You have to evaluate. And I think for, for you and I, we have to evaluate our own hearts and our own worship, not, not in a perfection way, not at all. But is, is this song I'm singing, is it true of my heart? God, God, is my worship true of me? Is it, is it finding the bullseye? Is it finding the heart of God? Because worship is both personal and corporate, and it's to God. God, are you pleased with my worship? God, is my arrow finding the right target? God, if not, is there something that you want me to rearrange in my life? God, I want to evaluate my heart. I want to evaluate my lifestyle. I want to evaluate the way I'm living my life Monday through Saturday. God, show me. The psalmist said, show me any wicked ways in me. Search me, oh God. If there's any anxious thoughts, God, help me to see it. Lead me, God, into the way everlasting. I want to hit the target because worship is both personal and it's corporate it's to God. And then the next part is, is it's for who he is and, and it's for what he's, what he's done. For who he is and for what he's done. And these two things become the sort of fuel for our worship. They are what makes it possible to do what the writer of Hebrews says, and that is to offer to God continually a sacrifice of praise. These, th- these two facets are what makes it possible? Because if your life is like anything like mine, there are days and sometimes I feel like there are weeks and sometimes I feel like there are months where the hand of God or the doings of God are not so obvious. Like where I can say, look what God did, man. Look how awesome God is. Look at all the stuff he's been doing in my life. Because there's some days where not only is God's hand not evident, but sometimes it seems like God is nowhere around at all in my life. 
and it seems like everything we're trying to do doesn't work and we struggle at every little level and sometimes life hits rock bottom and nothing seems to be going right and we don't know where God is at in all of this and we're like, we're like Job. Job said, I looked for him to the right and he wasn't there and I went to the left and he wasn't there. I went up to the north and he wasn't there. I went to the south. He was nowhere around. And those are the days when you move your worship, your heart's affection, which is what worship is. When you, when you move it over to the other side of the equation and you worship him for who he is even when you can't see what he's doing. When our worship is rooted in who he is, which is unchanging and always merciful, and his favor lasts a lifetime, and his kindness is true, and his, and, and his mercies are, are forever, and he's good, and he's a good father, and he's, he's unchanging, and he's immutable, and he, doesn't, he has all the power. And, and when, we, when we focus on that, even when we don't have anything that we can say, here's what you've done for me, then we can always have a worship. Listen to me, even in, even in some of the darkest days of your life, and I can remember some of those days right now, where it seems that God isn't hearing my prayers at all and that he's distant and he's far away and there's not even a little little glimmer of hope where you can say, praise God for this, this little thing over here. But that faith arises in your heart anyway. And you offer up a praise and you offer up a worship and you say, God, you are so good and you are so mighty and God, if you never do anything for me again, I will praise you and I will love you because of your mercies and because of your love and because you never change and because you have saved me and because you have paid the price for me and if you don't do anything for me again, I will worship you. Still, I will worship you. I think that becomes the fuel of your worship and I think that kind of praise, the praise in the dark, the praise in, in the hurt, the praise when you don't know what's happening, I think that kind of praise is the praise that moves the heart of God the most. Worship is our response, both personal and corporate, to God for who he is, exclamation point, and for what he's done, exclamation point, expressed in and by the things we say and the way that we live. I want to make sure I leave you with this notice with this notion that worship isn't about songs. It's not just about songs we say or sing or words that we say. It's about the way that we live our lives. This is why Hebrews says again, Hebrews 13, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of the lips that confess his name. And, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Do not forget to do good. Now that's worship. Those of you who brought school supplies recently, backpacks, worship. Those of you who, during the course of the week, come and bring your time and energy around this church to do things around this campus on Sundays, the things that you do on our dream team, worship. Those of you who go and serve in, in, in local organizations or you go to the prisons or you go to share love with people, worship. And with such sacrifices, God is pleased. With your generosity, worship. With your time and your talents, 
worship. For such sacrifices, God is pleased. Can you, can you go to work tomorrow and do your job in such a way that you reflect the one who saved you? Worship. Can you not take advantage of your situation? Can you, can you not be a slacker or, or be lazy? Can you, can you give it your best worship? In your relationships and how you speak to your wife or your husband or your children or children, how you communicate with your parents. Can you do all of that in such a way that you bring honor to the one who saved you? In view of God's mercy, can you live your life in a way that honors God? That's how your worship becomes continual. Because we can't stay in here and worship 24-7. We can't afford that. Come on, somebody. The air conditioner costs too much, right? <laughs> can, can you do your job in a way that's worship, that it brings glory to God? Can you treat other people in a way that honors God? Can you do your schoolwork in a way that brings glory to God? Can you play your sports or do your hobbies in the way that brings glory to God? Because that's a lifestyle of worship. Can you live your life in such a way that it becomes a mirror, listen to me, reflecting the glory of God to everybody around you? That's worship. Can you live your life in such a way that when people see you and how you live and how you make decisions that it brings honor to the one that we claim to serve because that's what it's all about. That's when it's real. That's when it finds the heart of God. That's a lifestyle of worship and God is calling me and I hope he's calling you. He's drawing us. He's not thumping us. He's not beating me with it. Danny, come on, man. Come on back over here to the heart of worship. Where it's all about you, God. It's all about you. It's not about me. It's not about my agenda. It's not about what I value most. It's about what you value most. That's how we offer to God a continual sacrifice of worship. And my prayer for you is that you see God and you get him in view and you get what he's done for you in view. And when you do, it takes your breath away and your response is, wow. Wow. What a God. How great is your love. How great is your mercy. How great is your faithfulness. How great is your patience toward me. Thank you. Thank you, God for how much you love me. Amen. Can I pray for you real quick? Lord, thank you for who you are and thank you for what you've done. God, our faith is founded in those two ideas. My faith is my belief in you and my confidence that you can do what you said you can do. That's my faith. You are who you said you are and you can do what you said you can do. That's the core of my faith. And my worship is rooted in those same two facets. You are great, you are powerful, you are mighty, and you have done marvelous things for me that every good and perfect gift that's ever happened in my life has come from you. And I give you praise for it, and I give you honor for it, and I will arrange my life around you. And that might mean that I have to evaluate, God, my worship and my, my life 
and that maybe some stuff needs to, to exit stage right from my life and some stuff needs to be put into my life so that I know that my life is honoring to you. Thank you for the gift of, of, of Jesus who died for me, who paid the ultimate price for me. And some of us, our act of worship today is just to pray this prayer or something like it. Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my life. When I realize what you've done for me, that you died and you paid the price for me, God, my response is, Lord, here's my life. I don't want to be the leader of my life. I want you to lead my life. I believe that you died, but that you rose again and that you've come with a gift of, of eternal life, God, giving a gift of, of not only eternal life, but life here and now, abundant life. So I choose to follow you and my gift of worship, my act of worship is to say yes to you, God. I will follow you. Be Lord of my life. Be my savior, God. Be my guide. Take hold of my life, Lord, and I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen.